the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. And welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And also, I am a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization in the area of consumer and small business bankruptcies. So in addition to my JD, I also am a Master of the Laws of Taxation Law and a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Law. Now, both of these great master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful city of San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and most importantly, my lifelong interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And people say, well, why would anyone want to be interested in practicing bankruptcy law? Isn't that depressing? Well, you know, if you can help a person or a small business owner who's in financial distress come out the other side, if you ever wanted to see a smile that lights up the room, you be the one that shepherd them through that process. And that's why I find bankruptcy so fulfilling and rewarding. Now, sometimes we don't have to uh, go into bankruptcy court to solve a financial uh, problem for uh, one of my uh, clients. So that's why I also practice debt wealth management outside of bankruptcy court, estates and trusts to help them with their wealth, uh, real estate to help them buy and sell real estate because that enhances the wealth of the individual and their family. And I also help them deal with the tax man or woman. And that's why I enjoy taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves victims of the more pernicious forms of financial elder abuse is running rampant today as more and more of us fall off the side of the earth into seniorhood and people think that that puts a big target on our back or our forehead for them to come and take our money uh, without our permission. And I think that's a bad thing. So I'm coming to you again today in lockdown because... There is a virus running rampant out there. And so those of us who can work from our homes need to do so voluntarily. And when we're out and about, we need to wear masks so we won't harm others. And my makeshift studio is in my home 
in my other favorite city, the beautiful city of Oakland, California. And I come to you today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, as always, I must once again preface my remarks by stating that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice, because that requires that we have a one-on-one communication before I can be your lawyer. And, And I want you to know, instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances. And hopefully, I can at least provide you with a general outline of some of the key issues that you need to consider and that can help you seek out and find qualified professional help. I do this because it is my firm belief that non-lawyers or even lawyers representing themselves in a legal matter is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. By that, I mean if you're lucky and your opponent who is going to be a lawyer is napping, and you can sneak up on her. You might be able to use your little butter knife to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye. But more than likely, because the other side with all the lawyers, they're going to be packing. And, um, you know, by the time you get closer, you're going to, you know, it's going to be a shootout and you have a butter knife. And so I'm using that, you know, just as an analogy to show you that, you know, you need to come to court. You need to step correct and be prepared to deal with your adversary who is going to be prepared. And that's why I say when you represent yourself in a legal matter, especially one dealing about your finances, as in bankruptcy court, you want to make sure that you don't step in poo and cause your righteous claims or your valid defenses to go by the board. And in other words, they'll see the promised land way before you do. So in case you haven't guessed it, the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law as it relates to your money. And more importantly, these days, more probably so, the lack of money and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families or and or your business's financial health, wealth and well-being. As I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. So today we're going to continue our discussion of Bankruptcy 101. And so why am I doing this? Why do I think this is important? Well, just look around. We're in the midst of a pandemic that has caused most businesses that are non-essential to shut down. And the cascading effect has had a negative impact on the businesses, the business owners, their employees, And um, as such, those employees who were depending on a paycheck, um, uh, they're not able to pay their mortgages, they're not able to pay their rents, they're not able to pay their school loans, they're not able to pay their credit card loans. And it was a blessing that most states and localities put a moratorium on eviction and uh, foreclosures and uh, some wise people in Congress 
decided to extend a little bone out to regular consumers um, to give us a little extra money. And um, those of us who got unemployment uh, compensation, uh, an extra, you know, bit of money. But you know what? That's going to come to an end. Um, in some states, uh, the moratoriums on foreclosures and evictions have already uh, come to pass. Others will come to pass at the end of this month. Some might last through August. And um, perhaps government will throw us another bone and perhaps localities will reinstitute um, the foreclosure moratorium as more and more of these municipalities and other uh, subunits of states have realized they opened up too fast and some of them are having to close again. But, you know, ultimately, um, the moratoriums and extra money uh, is going to come to an end. And I say that we need to take this calm before the storm, calm before the tsunami to educate ourselves on what bankruptcy is and how it might or might not be able to help us deal with our finances. Uh, So it's best to be forewarned and it's a way of arming yourself. Now, some of your debt, it might not be a good idea to file for bankruptcy. Other times it might. So we're going to use this calm period to educate ourselves such that we can make a decision um, when we get cut off, when they cut off our our, our life uh, pre- uh, preservers. And so we'll be able to make decisions in consultation with um, the lawyers that we choose that we feel comfortable with to help us maintain as much as we can for our families to go forward with because this situation will pass eventually. We just want to be um financially able to um, move on to the next phase in life. So that's why um, we're going back over uh, bankruptcy and what we need to know about it. Okay. So um, again, I want to focus on the key players in bankruptcy and they again are the debtor or the debtors. So uh, an individual is a, is a debtor, an individual company can be a debtor or a debt, it could be debtor, debtors plural, as in the case with a husband and wife or partners, or if you're in a state where uh, you don't have to be married to be uh, partners, or if you're in a state that allows other kinds of configurations of families, uh, there could be multiple debtors in one single bankruptcy case, same with um, corporate or business entities. Um, uh, it could be a, a, a holding company with uh, subtending uh, entities. And some or all of them might file for bankruptcy. If only one, it would be a debtor. If multiple, it would be debtor towards with an S. And then debtors, creditors. Those are the uh, entities and uh, individuals that uh, the debtor owes money to or some kind of equity. Then if the debtor is smart, she will have an attorney because the creditors will have an attorney or many attorneys. And there's the bankruptcy court. That is the the place where um, the um, bankruptcy process takes place. And so I want to come back to that because I want to make sure I didn't um, confuse people last time. There are different kinds of federal judges. And in our Constitution, there's three branches of government. There's Congress made up of the House and the Senate. Uh, there's executive branch, the president, and then there are 
federal courts that make up the third branch. But there's also other kinds of judges that are, are that spring to life out of the first article of our Constitution, Congress. And we have bankruptcy judges because as part of our Constitution, Congress is empowered with developing procedures, processes, and laws that deal with the uniform um, uh, uh, aspect of bankruptcy across the country. So when we come back, I'm, I, I just want to make sure uh, I, I didn't confuse you last time about how bankruptcy judges are impaneled, and then we'll go on with the rest of the key players. But we're going to take a short break right now, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of the key players in the bankruptcy process. So, again, they're the debtor, the debtor's creditors. Both of those parties should have lawyers. One of them definitely, well, the creditor's lawyers. And then there's the bankruptcy court. And so, again, I just want to make sure that we understand uh, the difference between bankruptcy court judges who are Article I judges. They come, uh, they spring to life as a result of Article I, Section 8 of the United States Con- uh, uh, Constitution that gives to Congress uh, the duty, the power to establish uniform laws about bankruptcy across all the various states. And bankruptcy judges are appended, the, the bankruptcy court is appended to the local district court, but bankruptcy judges are selected by panels of the United States Circuit Courts of Appeal. Now, in the United States, there are 13 circuits. Well, there's 12 circuits, and then there's a special circuit called the Federal Circuit. Now, I'm here in Oakland talking to you, and all of us that are in the Western United States, for the most part, are part of the Ninth Circuit, and that's California, uh, uh, Arizona, Nevada, uh, Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, and Hawaii. So if a bankruptcy judge is going to be selected to replace someone who's retiring, a panel of the Ninth Circuit would uh, solicit um, 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 resumes from individuals who believe they are qualified to be uh, uh, bankruptcy judges. And that panel after a thorough process, will appoint uh, the uh, bankruptcy judge. So it's a combination of Congress, and Congress has decided that circuit courts are the best way to pick bankruptcy judges. And that's contrasted with the way um, Article Three judges are selected. They are selected by the President of the United States, and they must um, be approved, in quotation marks, by the Senate. Now, some people try to say that, you know, bankruptcy judges 
aren't as good as as federal court judges. I don't. That's not so. Bankruptcy judges are, are generally have a long history uh, and tradition of understanding bankruptcy because most of them come out of the practice area, and so it's a highly concentrated area of the law. But I find it fascinating because it touches on every other aspect of the law. So it's not that bankruptcy judges are lesser than uh, um, um, other uh, Article Three judges. Now, Article Three judges, once they pass muster through Senate, they are judges for life unless they do something that causes them uh, to get the boot uh, uh, because um, uh, they can, uh, you know, if if. Uh, Congress finds that they have acted in an untoward manner, they can get the boot. Bankruptcy judges are do not have life tenure. They are appointed for a certain amount of time. And then uh, they, when their uh, appointment comes to a conclusion, they can apply again or other people can apply. Uh, but I just want you to understand the difference because I think last time, I told you that district court selects bankruptcy judges. That is not true. It is a very uh, uh, thorough and um, uh, a process that the judges are vetted. And it's not, again, that they're lesser than uh, federal court judges. It's just uh, there needs to be a different hierarchy for bankruptcy courts. Now, and the rules of bankruptcy court are determined by the Supreme Court. So, uh, bankruptcy courts are an amalgamation of Congress, and uh, because the, the judges are appended to the federal district, they're part of our Article Article Three, and also uh, Article Two comes into play in bankruptcy court because the watchdogs for um, the bankruptcy procedures come out of the executive branch. It's the Office of the United States Trustee, and they're a subunit of uh, 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 of the Department of Justice. So uh, bankruptcy is very fascinating how it blends together. And bankruptcy judges use as their law that they use to interpret disputes, they use the state in which the court is located, the bankruptcy court, but they use the federal rules of civil procedure and the bankruptcy rules that I told you about that are developed by the Supreme Court. So as you can see, it's a highly complex area of law, which is why I go back to my baseline premise. Those of us who practice bankruptcy every day, and those of us who continue our education in the area and go on to get certified by state agencies or our bar, we on occasion make mistakes of interpreting uh, the law. And judges also make mistakes. That's why their their decisions can be appealed. So what I'm trying to get over to you, this is the real reason I, I, I make that joke about taking a butter knife to a gunfight. It's highly complex area. Involve, involves state case law, federal case law, federal rules of bankruptcy procedure, the bankruptcy code, which is the laws that are created by Congress uh, that sometimes I think too much input by the creditor community in, in lobbying Congress to uh, make the laws harder for small business owners and individuals who need to file for bankruptcy and I, I sometimes wish in my in my wildest fantasies that 
all of this, the, the regular people in the United States would put, you know, five or ten dollars a year into a pot to hire some professional lobbyists to go back to Washington and fight for our causes when uh, the banking lobby or the credit card lobby goes back to uh, Washington or the uh, car underwriting uh, companies go back there if we would have a, a group that would fight back. Now we do, we have nonprofit organizations uh, that, you know, tend to look out for the little guy or the little gal's rights in, in Congress, but few and far between. And, you know, actually in, in one of the earlier iterations of my life, I, was a, a, a lobbyist. I, I worked for a, a couple of really great um, nonprofit organizations that tried to help uh, Congress understand uh, how insurance and banking impacts the, the, the little guy and the little gal. And I, I think that's so important. But anyway, um, we, we can talk about that at another time. So I just wanted to clarify how bankruptcy judges are selected and impaneled. They're impaneled by the district court and they're appended to the local district court and so the the bankruptcy judges and their staffs they analyze um, uh, cases that come before them bankruptcy cases that come before them to make sure that what it is that the debtor uh, wants to do uh, is lawful they also listen to what the creditors have to say and um, try to act as an honest broker to ferret out disputes. And if a plan of reorganization is offered by the debtor that it you know, meets the requirements of the bankruptcy code, again, the bankruptcy code are, are the rules and regulations that are designed um, and, and implemented by Congress, and that everything is kosher by following the rules of bankruptcy procedures that are developed by the Supreme Court. And um, that way the process hopefully is fair to all concerned. And what it is that creditors want um, is they want to be paid. So last time I talked about the debtor, and uh, when we get back together next time, I want to go over in a little bit more detail the kinds of creditors there are in bankruptcy, including one that, um, because I I do this every day, I don't um, uh, necessarily articulate it to people, but it's important that you realize that in addition to there being secured creditors, uh, priority uh, general unsecured creditors and general general unsecured creditors. There's also another class that has an opportunity to um, get paid out of the proceeds of the bankruptcy. Those are administrative creditors. And um, when I represent a debtor, uh, my fees are paid out of the administrative pot of money along with um, trustees, uh, the, the various kinds of trustees uh, that we're going we're to talk about a little bit more next time. But people say, well, why would you want to be uh, a bankruptcy attorney? Uh, your clients don't have any money. Well, maybe they don't and maybe they do. But if there is any money, administrative claims get paid first. 
So young people out there who say, I, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be one of these guys that drives around in a Jaguar and makes the big bucks. So I'm not going to be a bankruptcy attorney. Bankruptcy is a rewarding field. And sometimes you can get paid. OK, <laughs> sometimes you can get paid the big bucks. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, so I think I'm going to leave it there for now because I, I just wanted to make sure that you really understood about bankruptcy judges and how important their role is and how they're selected. And so when we get together next time, we're going to focus on the creditor class. OK, so again, please heed the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic Please socially distance, please wear masks, and if you can work at home, stay at home, follow the lead of your local government. They know what's best. Okay? See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.